Hi, and welcome to Prey vs. Predator. We're so happy for you to join us again today. My name is Amber, and I have the privilege today to introduce our special guest, Parker. Welcome, Parker. Thank you, thank you. I'm particularly excited to have Parker here today because, like me, his predator is a parent. So let's get right into it. Due to the nature of these relationships with predators, we err on the side of caution. Generally, we choose to keep things a little more anonymous. So we won't ask too many details about your life, but we'd like to start this podcast by saying that Parker is one of our youngest guests we've had on our podcast. Today we are chatting with Parker. We're going to focus on what it's like to grow up with the predator and what it's like to process and deal with that now, today. So welcome, Pre uh, Parker. I was going to say predator. <laughs> Parker, we're so excited to have you. Uh, let's get started. Um, I think our first, we kind of want an overview. What was it like growing up as the child of a predator? Yeah, I think there's, there's so many things to say, like growing up. Lots of it was intrusive, like very little privacy growing up, um, very rule-based and you know, there's always strict parents out there, but this was a strict parent. Um, lots of like freedom taken away just from growing up. So you, you know, growing up now, you see the differences. You look back on like your younger self and you go, huh, wow, interesting. So, um, you know, to say the least, that's like in the gist of it. That's what some of the details. It's yeah. a very big question. Yeah. Can you tell us if your predator was... Uh, father or mother? It was it okay? uh, my mother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just for context. Totally. How do you think your friends experienced your mom? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, they would experience her. Like would they say, your mom is weird. Or it'd, like, it'd be like, more like your mom is crazy. Okay. Or like she is strict. Like, yeah. So like oftentimes, like I wouldn't have a lot of friends come, come over. That was a big no, no. Um, even if I did. I don't have the odd invitation. It would be on her rules. Okay, they can't stay for dinner. Like usually if you're growing up in elementary school or any younger based or any younger uh, grade, it'd be like the, the kid comes over for the play day after school and, you know, you have dinner with them. Then the parent picks them up around whatever the normal time is. Not in my case. It was like before dinner, kick them out, go call the parent. <laughs> so so it's, she would do that. She would do that. I'd be like, it's time for them to go. Or it would be like very... Mm, yeah, it'd be on her on her time. Mm -hmm. What were your birthday parties like? Because that's usually a time when, yeah. <laughs> when kids have lots of friends over. I'm not going to lie, like her birthday parties that she would host, they were actually pretty good. Yeah. Like we, a wide array of things between like bowling alleys or at the house. And like people like, I'm not going to lie, like people like I talk to now, it's like they remember like certain birthday parties I did have. Um, But again, it was, I would be very... It'd be very, um, maybe like on a schedule who she wants to invite along with myself. Like she would have her input on that. Did you feel special these times or was it more performative for other oh, people? Oh, for I sure. It'd be like all question. the parents would come. Like, it'd be like a big show. You know what I mean? It would be like, it'd be another one of my, another one of my birthday parties. Um, I mean, yeah, they were good. At the end of the day, it was like, I'm not sure. I even look, I act, oftentimes actually think about that. Was it? for her pleasure of throwing this big event showing that she's an awesome parent or was it actually to celebrate one's birthday and you know to enjoy community at a young age you know 
Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a flavor? You said uh, what I've heard so far is it was quite structured mm-hmm. um, and uh, lots of rules. Yeah. What was, if you had to just, what was the emotional feeling growing up? Like, did you experience feeling um, safe, loved, adored, um, valued? What was the kind of the, the emotional um, temperature in the house? What what was it like day to day? You didn't know what you were going to go into. It could have been any of those emotions any any day. You didn't know if you were going to be walking to hell <laughs> or if you were going to walk into a nice meadow. You you, you honestly didn't know. Um, oftentimes, my brother and I would come home from school, and we didn't want to go home because we didn't know what we were going to be walking into. Um, so, so sometimes it was wonderful. Yeah, of course. So can you t- give us a little bit of a flavor of like, what was wonderful? Mm-hmm. Like, what did wonderful look like when you wa- walked home and it felt wonderful? Mm-hmm. And what was what was hell? Like, what what was the flip side of that? And and how often did you experience each? Do you, do you like just looking back? Honestly, I can't. Even, I think like on the spot, I can, like good times. Oh, I'll go. I'll go with the negatives first. So hell was basically you come home, it'd be like. You either did something in the morning before you left for school, and then it's like coming on to you now, like that anticipation all day. She's been waiting for this moment for us to walk in the house, just let loose, right? And so then it, rage or was oh, hundred percent rage. Okay. It'd be like screaming, yelling. yelling, like oftentimes it's like, oh my goodness, the neighbors can hear what's going on. Holy crap! Like chill. <laughs> um, and like we didn't get that narrative until later in our. Um, Later grades, I think it was more like we became more self-conscious of like what the neighbors are thinking mm-hmm. or you know, who else heard, right? And what was the yelling about? If we didn't make our bed in the morning, if we didn't clean our room properly, if we left something in the sink, if we left a dish out, if we left, you know, a pair of clothes on the bed, it was all these like fine pinpoint details where it's like you just overlook it as a kid. Because yeah, you have course. a responsibility to get into the school bus to go to school in the morning and live your life, not these small little details. And then that kind of translates to, okay, now everything has to be perfect. Because that's in your brain, you're going, I don't want to get yelled at again. Mm-hmm. So now everything has to be to a T, type A. So would that produce anxiety? Oh, of course. It's like, again, because you didn't want to be not know what you're coming home to. Uh, so as a kid, um, one of the things that um, that kids often do is turn things. Tries a, a child often tries to make sense, and and um, you know, an eight year old or a ten year old very rarely says to themselves, "Wow, um, I think my parent has a personality disorder, and they're not very healthy." Um, usually, a child kind of reflects on maybe what they did or or how they might be faulty because that's what it sounds like you were told. Um, like you left it out. That's why I'm mad. How did you internalize that? How did that impact how you saw yourself and how you internalized who you were as a child? Do you, do you think? I didn't think about too much of myself because I think we heard, or we saw things outside of the home from like other family or friends. So you knew that what you were experiencing was not what your friends were experiencing. Exactly. It was... I had models outside of the home where I go, I come home and be like, okay, I'm not the problem. Like, oh, hey, wow. even at a young age, you at a young age, because I still had like, you know, I still went to some after school events where 
I would still, I, I, I mean, I was pretty observatory like as a kid or observative and how a mom picked up her kid up from school or like if I was in the car with a friend carpooling home and it wouldn't be just nagging right when you get in the car to go home, mm. like actual genuine conversation and actually asking how your day was or all like those little small things you think as kids, like whatever young parents talk about their kids after school. I'm not too sure what those conversations are now, but like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that any of that. <laughs> you had a strong sense of self, it sounds like, which is yeah. rare in these occasions. Cause yeah. I'll give an example, even my, yeah. I had babysitters who I think had predatory experiences. And sometimes if I would go to their house, they'd be really off, like yelly at their kids and yelly at me. And then the next time I would go, so I had this idea of magical thinking. If I did everything right on this visit, maybe the next visit will be better. So it was kind of, I had this idea in my head that I could improve it just by being kind of a little more perfect. So that's kind of what I think PJ is talking about, this idea of as a, a processing, a how mm -hmm. if I do this, this person will not behave so scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and, like as a kid, did you have opportunity to process or even the wherewithal? Like, how do you process stuff like that? Yeah, I think it was uh, even like to my older self today, I'm still processing how mm -hmm. I am still processing like how I was able to be treated like that mm -hmm. as a young child. And now it's just like self-reflection of like the freedom I have now and not worrying about all those emotional things as so a child when you were a kid did did you have the thought i am being abused oh for sure some like some of my reactions i mean i think back in the day the narrative again wasn't like abuse it was just like or in my head it was like oh this is just a strict parent mm. this is just what you have to deal with every parent's different and yeah i don't think the abuse language was there like emotional abuse or per se like parental abuse um but now i think it's becoming more like a kind of a not a mainstream thing but it's com coming more to the surface and some of my reactions that i had were as a kid were definitely due to the way i was being treated so what reactions are you talking about there's times when she would be just again in her rage um over if we were cleaning the house or whatever and something wasn't cleaned properly there's times where i actually took a photo frame off off the uh wall and smashed it mm. and there was decorations on the mantle or whatever we had back in the house and i threw them on the floor trying to break them oftentimes that was due to her yelling on the phone with my father and and or was with like me and my sibling. Okay. So yeah. take take me to that moment for you mm -hmm. as a kid. What do you think looking back created that moment where you you took something off a wall and smashed it? It wasn't fair. It was like it was her accusing my dad of I'm leaving you. I'm getting a divorce with you because you can't do this. You can't do that. And in my head, I'm going, this is not the situation. He has no idea or you know, he didn't know what was going on at home, but he's at work trying to provide and whatnot but he has she has no idea that it's actually her that's the problem she's causing all this mayhem in the house you can't divorce dad you can't do this and that i'm mad 
just rage. I remember exactly where I am, what I'm wearing that day. Mm-hmm. I was on top of the stairs and she's at the top of the stairs looking down at me. And there's that photo frame of like our family and everything like that. And I just take and smash them on the, on the ground. I was just like fed up. So what did she do? Oh, it was like screaming at me to go mm-hmm. down the stairs or whatever it was. And I think my, I just left, like I just left the house or like left to go outside and just breathe. But I don't think I was just, I just need to get out. Yeah, like I that that strikes so deep in my soul because yeah. um uh obviously I don't know you personally but I your countenance here has been so gentle. Well, and she raised us or raised me to not like I found like my friends growing up a lot of them were not males. She raised me to not be destructive and not to be um messy. Very uh-huh. stripping away some of that ma- those masculinity traits. Where when I was able to break something, it was like, whoa, okay, wow, she's going to, she's going to lose it. Like, and so that's what I reflect on a lot today is that I was stripped away from a lot of those um, traits and where even as an older man now, it's like some things have were not compromised, but like just uh, controlled in that sense. So for me to break something or to go out of the way and like be messy or whatever like that that was not normal and looking back on it today i don't know why i didn't do it more like you know now it's like whenever i'm feeling stressed or any time anxiety i go for a walk i'm not sure why i didn't leave the house to go out for a little mm-hmm. whatever when i was a kid like i felt like those doors like i was in, in four walls at the end of those moments like i had nowhere like a, to like go a prison well it's a therapeutic oh, exactly. response nowadays yeah. like it, it going for a walk is a way to orient your body to yourself again to kind of reconnect yourself so anybody who's listening if you're in those kind of stressful moments it is really ideal to go into nature and breathe and look at the trees and look at the sky whatever hmm. um but it's interesting that you talk about rage cuz rage was in my situation too and I had to tap into my rage. And even today, we've been talking about it, even in my episode, it was about, it's a fuel. Mm-hmm. It's a fuel for me. And I don't necessarily have to act out on it, but it's that thing in me that has a backbone and it maybe gets messy or it's like, I can stand up to you. Now, it's interesting when you're talking, because when I was young, the rage was so big from my mother that I could never overpower it. So I would go a different way. I would cry. And that was a way of evoking some sort of gentleness in her. Um, And so that was one of my strategies. And as an adult, sometimes I would do that when I would feel overwhelmed. I couldn't. And so I would would tear up. And then it, it is interesting because it's like it became a way for me to get something from her some softness. But I'm curious how your sibling, your brother, uh, did they tap into their anger in these in these cases as well? Or mm-hmm. was it different for them? I think they were treated a little bit differently in a sense of, you know, I'm, I mean, I think throughout my childhood, I was, was able to put up with it the most, was able to have a voice for myself, being so observing other parents and other kids I was friends with and like I had models to do that off of. Strong sense of self. I think you have a strong sense of self. Yeah, we're not saying my brother didn't have that, but I think it was a little bit different, a little more like they would hover them more and a little more controlling. Even even I was controlled, but I think they were even more controlled. Like what they wore, what they would 
do after school who they friend who their friends were. Kind of the same things that I went through, but it was a little more, little even more, um, more intense. Hovering, yeah, a little more intense. Did they use their anger, or was there no? Like he would just uh, watch me, and it wasn't like even though after that time I smashed him here or whatever I did for my rage, it wasn't like they were doing the exact same thing. It was more just tears. Just seeing like they've never seen me like that. And they're like, what's going on? It was just confusion. Like, how do they react? Uh, my mom would choose possibly uh, my brother to go to and be like, don't worry about it. It's okay. And like. Get the softness. Get the softness out towards them. Meanwhile, I'm wherever I am. Do you think your mom respected your rage? I mean, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't uh, show itself very often, but, but when you were able to summon up that power within you, do you think it was met by respect? No, cause she kept doing it again <laughs> in ways of like, if whatever I would do for a reaction, it was more either I got away with it barely, or it'd be a consequence after like in a few days. Do you think she oh, would remember that time? Like punishment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd sure. be punished. Do you think she yeah. wanted you to combust so she could or oftentimes be me like her kind of changing her language for me to apologize. I'm sorry for acting that way earlier because she may have taken away something at that point, like my phone or whatever like that. So she apologizes to you? No, no. I would apologize back to her. Um, I'm sorry for acting that way. Oh, in order to get. So she would punish you yeah. by, by taking something away from yeah, you or something like that. Because I reacted. Because like you react. And so now you need to be punished. Yeah. So they show she, she, she pushes you to the wall. Yeah. You finally explode um, and, and, you know, like it's enough and then you get punished and then it sounds like then you have to apologize in order to get back whatever was taken or for for the punishment to end. For sure. For there to be like peace, we'll Mm. say. You had to do that work. It was all fake peace, but like it was just to get, it was just to, you know, get what I wanted. Would she try to justify her behavior? No, I, there was no, there was no, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the reason I'm doing this is because this and that. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Just you had to apologize. It was just, I had to apologize. Did, did she ever apologize? Like a real genuine apology. Well, she did ever, she never did anything wrong. Mm. She was, she was the best. So no, it wasn't, if I can't think, I mean, I'm just thinking of like nice, like more like trauma stuff now like i'm trying to think of stuff when she would actually like apologize and i can't think of anything on top of the spot if she apologized it'd be for like i don't know i actually don't even know <laughs> my mom we remember my mom saying i'm sorry i'm your mother and oh, I, I got that one yeah and, and then my, she would laugh after i would look at her and i go well apologize for something you could change because mm. well, good for you yeah because it was like that is not a real apology that doesn't, that's not an apology. Apology is saying, I am sorry for something I've done and I will work my butt off to try not to do it again. I may make a mistake, but I will try. I will, and I will show you that I'm trying. But that's not, I think, what a predator can do. The thing that I see Parker, for you, is that when you're saying, you know, the anger would come up and and then you would do something, but then you would be punished for it. And then you'd have to say you're sorry for it. It's almost like you end up gaslighting yourself mm-hmm. in order to stop the punishment. Um, was that, did you find that when you look back, is that a pattern where it's like you, if you were to um, 
express yourself in anger or, mm-hmm. or try to have a boundary or try to have anger, you would get punished. And to this day, it's like, I still, it's like having that voice for yourself. Now I can't do that because like in my head, it's like, I'm sticking up for myself, but in my head, it's going, oh, I shouldn't have said that because I'm going to have to apologize later for exp- expressing whatever, whatever thing. Even now you feel even, that. Yeah. Even to this day, like a few days ago, it's like I say something, it's always second guessing. Even yeah. like, that's just like, there's, I second guess everything, tiptoeing mm-hmm. around because I don't know what's safe, what's not. What can I say that's yeah. not going to offend someone? It's true. And, and I, I do the same thing. Yeah. Th- that fear stays with you. Yeah. Like even the other day, uh, I was in the car with PJ. This is the phone one. And you were making plans and it was just too much. And you said, I have to get off the phone with this person. And, and I made a joke in the background. <laughs> Oh, she's going to blow. She's losing it. She's going to blow. And I had a moment where I went, oh, no, she might be mad at me for making a joke of where she's really having a hard time concentrating mm-hmm. on her driving. And but the healthy response is what PJ did was, was to start laughing. Yeah. And I just felt such relief. And it was like I was seeing that I noticed that she was having a stressful moment mm-hmm. and she laughed. And in fact, it was something so beautiful to me because I felt known and seen and trusted. And so it was like, and, and it was like funny, like, because I was having a hard time concentrating and, and I asked for what I needed. And, and so to have this kind of light, sweet, kind response was just, I, I found very loving so it's interesting to hear now you saying like you had fear. I had a mo. I, I instinctually made this joke. And it was a sweet like just and it was funny because people in the car were like, oh, yeah, she, <laughs> you know, people started. But I had that brief second before you started laughing, I went, oh, did I because I had flashed to if this was my parent, she would have blown. She would have blown and said, how dare you do that? I am having a stressful moment. You're making a joke. You're Can't making light criti- of it. Can't take criticism. Yeah, to, and it wasn't even yeah. a criticism. It was just like I was noticing the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so affirming to me because I like, oh, I do have, whereas the parent would turn it back on me like, you make light of my pain right now or my difficulty. It would have been she would have blown. Yeah. <laughs> like at my joke, she would have blown. Um, I, I have a question around one pattern that we've seen. Um, and, and I think Amber, you've alluded to this a couple of times that sometimes the, the predatory behavior changes from when you're little to when you're a little bit older to when you're like, the, it's almost like the, the more, the older you get, the more of a voice you get, the more the behavior patterns change from the predator. Did you experience that? Cause right now we've kind of talked about sort of younger you, um, did you experience a difference in, in the punishment or in, or in her countenance? Like how did you experience growing up? Like when as you, you get countenance, older, what does that mean? Cause it's a very biblical sounding word. Oh, is it? Yeah. You think? Just, just, um, uh, the energy, like, yeah, I, I just I just was curious in terms of. Yeah, I think as a teenager, it was more, the punishments were more for going to attend sporting events because I'm, she would be driving me. I'm not driving you. 
you don't, you, you, I'm, you're not respecting me. Why do you think? Mm. Yeah. It'd be that or like my phone. I was, I was known for going to high school with no phone for like most of it because it'd be taken away. Mm. Like I had no forms of communication. I'd be the kids standing in the line waiting to use the school phone or use a teacher's phone to communicate with a parent to coordinate something or to do whatever. Why would the phone? Because you got angry or just. Oh, that was just was like a punishment for doing whatever happened at home. So as like I progress like you know technology like my phone things i enjoyed love doing um she would zero in on oh for sure and then it'd be no you don't get that taken away yeah Yeah, it'd be um like between like that sport like my events i'd be going to you know friends coming not barely not like they came over anyways but i wasn't allowed to go out i had i had to come home so almost creating a sense of panic in you like i would be because teenagers are all about connecting yeah and so it sounds like there was an more power, like almost like the, like like your parent had more power over you. That's probably why I tried to get involved so much in school. So I didn't have to go home every day after mm. home until so the dad could pick me up. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it was like a mandatory thing. Not like sporting, like sporting stuff wasn't a mandatory event, mandatory thing, but it was like, oh, someone can fill in for you or you're fine. Like you don't, why, why would I drive you? You don't respect me. Oh, I'm curious too, when you talk about, your mom, as far as like everything should be perfect and neat, was she perfect and neat all the time? Was oh, she? Oh, for sure. Oh, she was. And okay. I'm sure other family members can testify for that. It was like, we wouldn't have family come over because something wouldn't be vacuumed or clean, dusted, or someone didn't have a haircut done. I don't, I don't know. Like we didn't go on vacations because, or family vacations, we would go without her. My dad, brother, and I would go without her and she would Wanted to stay home, I guess, because something wasn't done properly. Um, so what? Like, what, what? Like, say more. So we took a trip down to, uh, where did we go? We went down to Mexico one uh-huh. time. My dad, my brother, and I. La- like, last minute, she decided, I'm not coming. And we're all like, what? This is like a family vacation. Tickets bought. Tickets bought, everything. everything. She didn't feel included on the on the whole planning process or whatever it takes to go on vacation but then she also justified it with like oh this needs to be done something needs to be cleaned i need this i need shot like whatever all these different small very first world problems um and so oftentimes our vacations were my dad brother and i well that was that's a gift yeah Yeah, how did that make you feel like were you like yay or was was it like Oh, we got to beg her to come. No, exactly. It's like the vacation would have been about her anyways. I think actually Mm. the one trip that we did went on, we went to San Francisco one time. Or no, yeah, went to San Francisco one time. And last minute, she took my phone away from me. I wasn't allowed to take my phone, like take pictures or whatever like that, because um, that was just her way of control, having something of mine while we were away. And so I I remember that entire trip, I used my dad's phone to do like take photos or whatever the and were you relieved that she wasn't there or was oh, it more relieved? like oh 100 or did she want you guys to beg oh should we obviously beg. like called her and be like you're missing out like the normal people do like grovel make we me miss feel special. you wish you were here we didn't <laughs> well then we had way more fun when she wasn't um there because it would have been all about her and which okay yeah. which is so interesting you're away on a vacation mm-hmm. she's not there you're ha- you're happy She's not there, but you're calling saying you miss her. Yeah. Just to make her happy. Just because that's what you do. That's what you do. That's the game. 
And she would play games with us. We had to play a game with her just to make her happy. What sorry to sorry to say it, but like that's that's how you just calm the peace. Because if we what? didn't say anything, it would be just rage. Okay. Why aren't you doing this? So there were you don't care about me. You don't care about so me. So you would yeah. have to act like you loved her, mm-hmm. or 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 act like she was a good parent or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. In order not to be punished, hurt. Later. Yeah. Wow. It is interesting to me that that there is like a relief when these people are around. Yep. You know, it's like I always think of. I know this is a very uh, controversial thing, but uh, Doctor Phil, like. Not to say Dr. Phil's great, but I'm just saying he would say, how fun are you to people? And I remember always wanting to say that to my my mother. How fun are you in this moment? Even today, I'd be like, how fun are you right now? Oh, yeah. And it's like, Not very, exactly. actually. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Except that in the case of a predator, it's your fault. That- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You make me And you cross. never say that. That's what my mom would say. You make. Oh, you yeah. make me cross. Wow. Yeah. You. You, you five-year-old, yeah, <laughs> or or fifteen-year-old, um, or whatever age I am right now. You know, I feel like there's <laughs> so much more for us to talk about, and we mm-hmm. will, um, um, Parker, if you're willing to stay with us, we would love to kind of d- go for a little bit deeper dive because because you had mentioned there's some stuff that's happening right now as a as a, an adult that is quite. Um, meaningful and powerful I think for people who might be in your same situation and not they're not sure where to go when you've experienced this type of abuse growing up mm-hmm. um, and you've had to make some really challenging difficult decisions so if you're willing to stay and share with us a little more we would love to well, have I'm you I'm sure let's, let's <laughs> tune into the next episode yeah episode two thank you so much for sharing with us today yeah you are very welcome Real quick, we're also doing a draw where one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review will be entered to win a Visa gift card and a book about navigating this type of abuse. So anyone who leaves a rating and review, remember to do both or it won't count, anytime before March 31st, will be entered to win a $50 gift card and will receive a book from our preferred reading list. So head on over now before you forget. 